0: Thanks for making the Locked On Ole Miss podcast your first listen every day. We're free and available wherever you get your podcast, including YouTube. We're part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team, every single day. More importantly, Ole Miss every day. And with fall camp going right now, we needed to bring Pratt Rogers into the house to talk about what is going on. How are we doing, Pratt?
1: Man, Steven, doing great. How are you, my friend?
0: Oh, man, I'm just absolutely peachy. Fall camp's on. I've got the... SEC preview to film at 830 tonight as we record this so like two hours from now I've got to do that as well so this is going to be a long night
1: that's awesome by the way I like your uh, sip shirt I've I've got the exact same hoodie mine's actually coincidentally in the wash right now I love that
0: yeah I got this from the college corner who's coincidentally opening a new location in Oxford Mississippi if anybody is interested in going on they have get stuff to us in Central Florida, I ordered this on one day and two days later, it was in my mailbox.
1: Well, look, that was an unintentional plug, but that's mm-hmm. awesome. Looks good. That,
0: that was an unintentional, intentional plug.
1: There we go. Mm-hmm. Yeah,
0: yeah kind of similar to my dead socksy arrangement behind me.
1: I like it.
0: Uh, so Michael Trigg is, let's see, for lack of a better word, like just a fall camp situation where tempers rose and all of that and that made news, and everybody started talking. Next thing you know, the whole fan base was talking about it. And before we get into this, I do want to let you know that there was apparently a huge brawl in LSU's practice today, where Malik Neighbors and Harold Perkins and all of them got sent off the field as well. So understand that it's really hot out there, and tempers are going to flare. And honestly, in camp situation, fights are not necessarily a bad thing.
1: I get that, Stephen, uh, yeah. and I agree in majority with you had this been anybody other than trig this doesn't even get reported nobody even finds out about this this is a non-issue all in all like Mm. no big deal but the fact that trig is on such thin ice right now everybody is just hoping he you know can go out there and succeed and i feel like maybe part of the fan base is saying, you know, being pessimistic and looking for reasons for him to fail because of last year's underperformance. But look, I don't think this is a huge story. I, I do think he's on thin ice. And I think that he's really got to get it together and, you know, getting in altercations on the, on the practice field doesn't help his cause necessarily, but I agree. This is, no big deal, right? It,
0: yeah, it's it's no it's no big deal, and and also I don't agree that he's on thin ice because thin ice denotes that they're getting tired of him and they're ready to cut bait. And and with Michael Trigg's talent, he has the ability to be Brock Bowers. You get a lot of leash. There's a lot of ice whenever that talent's on the table. I agree and,
1: with I agree with that.
0: Yeah. So we'll see exactly how that goes. I like I said, Michael Trigg. By the time Mercer flows flows around into the atmosphere or whatever, uh, Michael Tree, all of this could be all off sh- or not, essentially.
1: Well, let me ask you this, Stephen. Do you think with the addition of Priest Corn, do you feel like Trigg's leash has gotten a little bit shorter because you do have a viable backup option, or not really, or is that not even a, a non-conversation?
0: Piece. No, no, I, I I, I, don't think so, because any coach is going to look at a situation at just any individual player's talent. Not that you have a talented backup. That's a luxury. He's going to look at the talent of the individual player. And what what he's seeing with Caden Priestcorn. and I guarantee you, Lane Kiffin, this is popping through his head, is he's seeing Caden Prescorn playing that attached H-back type tight end that we're used to in this Ole Miss offense and then Michael Trigg playing out in the slot. That is what he's seeing, and he's seeing that mismatch that could happen out in the slot whenever you put him out there. Now, we're going to have some speedy guys, and there's going to be some different stuff that kind of flows through there, but this option, I'm sure he is unbelievably intrigued about what could possibly happen.
1: No, I get that. And I think I also read somewhere, maybe David Johnson had an interview with priest Corn, and priest Corn kind of spilled a little bit of the beans saying that, uh, I may be botching this, but it was something along the lines of, Oh yeah, we're excited for competition and all that, you know, and it was an interview with Trigg, I think is actually what it was. And, Said Trigg said something along the lines of, "Yeah, I'm excited for competition, and we're going to run a dual tight end set. So that will be awesome to see. I mean, you can't run a dual tight end set if Trigg's on the bench. Let's put it that way.
0: Yeah, and I'm I'm going to say this over and over and over again. Ole Miss fans need to be aware and understand positional versatility. The same plays ran on the offense out of different personnel groupings. You're not necessarily going to have a tight end. You might have Quinshon Judkins playing." as a tight end, depending on what Ole Miss wants to do and the matchups that they want to create. The positional versatility of this team could take this offense from great to elite, and that is something to keep an eye on. Well, I'm ready. Mm-hmm. So you you texted me today, and the way this works, so anybody that's watching this, um, Pratt texts me the time comments, and I, I'm actually not in on what we talk about much at all. It's all his ideas. And one of the things you said, is it time to panic with Camarion Franklin? What's going on with Camarion Franklin, man?
1: Panic, strong word. I agree. Um, I'm just not feeling the rainbows and butterflies with Camarian Franklin. I feel like there's been no reporting since even really before Juice Fest of something positive that would give me – An encouraging feeling about Franklin. We both agreed that him skipping juice fest on the last show or two shows ago, whatever it was, no big deal in itself. But if you're starting to see a trend of no positive news, or maybe him not showing back up to campus, or maybe no one-on-one time with the coaches, then do you start hitting the, Oh, Hey, I'm getting worried, button? maybe not full big red panic button yet, but I think, Should you be getting close to that, Steven?
0: No, I don't don't think so at the moment because they've started fall camp. And that's the reason you're not hearing anything out of them because he's just concentrating on playing football. Uh, Now, there was a situation, I think there was a Twitter rumors going around about something to do with Auburn and him and how they were all excited. And Auburn Twitter is just a disaster. So just be careful if you get into that wilderness. But... They were doing that, and Camarian Franklin actually had to come out and say, unless you hear it from me, it's not true. And if that is truly directed toward Auburn, that's that's going to be a negative. And once again, this is a three-horse race for his signature. Now, we'll see. Um, I interviewed Brian Smith, who is the locked-on recruiting expert, but he also covers Miami fairly heavily. So this is an invaluable resource for me during this Camarion Franklin recruitment. And I was like, hey, Brian, what's going on? And he's like, I don't know. And then Tennessee's like, Tennessee doesn't know either. Neither does Auburn and neither does Ole Miss. So nobody is hearing anything. So what that tells me is two things. One, nobody knows what's going on. And two, Camarian Franklin is just enjoying the heck out of his recruitment at the moment.
1: So nobody knowing is a better, more optimistic approach than – the other two schools or one of the other two schools or three schools, excuse me, knowing, and it being kind of kept on the hush hush. Maybe, uh, maybe that's a good way to look at it, Stephen. Um, if Auburn, I will say Auburn should be at the best case scenario for in this mm. race. And if we lose Chimery and Franklin to, to Auburn, boy, we are going to have a tough show the following Monday. I'll tell you that.
0: Well, you know what? Um, uh- yeah, that that would be terrible. The the school that I've been pretty steadfast during this whole recruitment, and I might be the only one that is talking about this, is I I genuinely think Miami is a real threat, and, and, and more so than Tennessee, honestly.
1: I would probably be a little bit of the the opposite on that. No mm. reason why, just gut instinct. But would you put Ole Miss at probably? three in the race right now? Because I probably would. I probably I, I, would have I, tied for second with
0: I think I think it's Ole Miss and Miami. Um, wow. And we, yeah. Okay. And, and Tennessee's running a third.
1: Okay. All righty. Now, he
0: could end up at Tennessee. Like yeah. I said, he's I enjoying this recruiting. Yeah. yeah. He, he could end up anywhere Um. in this NIL age and everything. And like I said, it wouldn't surprise me if he went until February before he signed.
1: That's disgusting. I'm going to be sweating it out until February. I don't even want to think about
0: that. Because in this age to where he can take as many official visits as he wants to, once he can take those official visits during the season, it's going to change for him a little bit. It's going to be a four-horse race until September, and all of a sudden you're going to hear that he's taking an official visit to Oregon. He's taking an official visit to USC.
1: Steven, don't say that, man. Yeah, this is like the, heartbreak I, central.
0: Yeah, I guarantee you this is going to happen. And he's going to be really close, and then all of a sudden it's going to open back up. I'm, I'm telling you, he's enjoying his recruitment, and he should. He's the number one player in the state of Mississippi. Now, does that change anything? I don't think so not for Lane Kiffin it might change for Tennessee it might change for Miami I don't think it's going to change for Ole Miss I think Ole Miss is going to be in this till the end
1: no I 100% agree with that at Mm -hmm. this point I feel like you know within the next month or so maybe if you're still talking to a recruit every day you're in it till the end because you've already put so much legwork in it's it's getting to the point of, hey, no matter what, I, I, I got to push to the finish line. There's no backing out now on somebody. Even, you know, we've been talking about Khamary and Franklin, but even somebody like Noreel White. I mean, we've been in with him and conversations have been circling with him for a long time now. I feel like you get to a point where you're so deep in with the prospect that there's no turning back. Uh, would you agree with that?
0: Yeah, that is true. And also, um, if anybody is looking for, True signs that Camarian Franklin is coming to Ole Miss. If he does not come to a home game, if he does not get to a home game in the month of September, he's not coming to Ole Miss.
1: Yep, uh, I, I think that's a valuable insight. And don't disagree with you on that. I uh, that that would be also a tough pill to swallow. Yeah. We, we need some we need some good news or at least a result. Okay. Here soon well, what yeah.
0: Next recruit to answer the call to Ole Miss. Next commit.
1: All right. That is definitely a positive spin. Um, I would probably go, you know, we've, we've seen Dylan Hill commit on Sunday. Uh, that probably would have been my. Uh, they've, they've gotten
0: seven commitments in seven days
1: I saw since the that. Manning
0: center center opened.
1: I saw that. And mm-hmm. I think you and I both kind of agreed how awesome the Manning center was. I didn't really think it would affect recruiting the way it has. I thought it'd be more of an added bonus and hey, look how cool this is. It's in the diagram anymore. I know you and I had that conversation. Mm-hmm. But, man, is this open the floodgates. But uh, to answer your question, maybe Kiwan Lacy, uh, running back, I think that could be a viable option. Thoughts?
0: Uh, I, th- I think Kewan Lacy is going to end up in Ole Miss's class. I don't think he's going to commit to Ole Miss until late November, early December.
1: Okay. All righty. Mm-hmm. Well, look, uh, give me yours then.
0: Um, I think it's either going to be one of two players will be the next commitment to Ole Miss. Either it'll be Nareel White or it'll be Trevor Jackson.
1: So I feel like Nareel White is just like, he's been on the tip of the tongue for so long. Mm-hmm. It, it, everybody keeps saying, oh, another week, you know, this week, or, you know, 30 days, or, oh, he'll decommit any day now. And I don't know, he just – doesn't mind dragging things on either, but um, he, he, he's just yeah, enjoying Jackson Jackson his recruitment. Would be a good one too, for yeah. sure.
0: That, and I am going to see Trevor Jackson play. Um, Jones High is playing Osceola High down here, um, about thirty minutes from my house, and I'm going to go um, catch that game. I think that is September eighth. Oh, super um, cool. Yeah. Um, so I'll go catch that game, and um, September twenty second, I'm going down to Sebring, Florida, to see Clearwater Central Catholic and Andy Jaffe play against Seabring High School.
1: That's awesome. Being in mm-hmm. Florida, you have access to a lot of talent. Mississippi does uh, too, but oh, I, especially I mean, you have a in lot Polk of County.
0: Yeah. Especially yeah. in Polk County. Man, there's players everywhere in this county.
1: That's awesome.
0: Yeah. Um, but it's nice that Ole Miss has some inroads and in areas, areas that I can go see Ole Miss commitments as well.
1: How far is IMG from your house?
0: Um it's about two hours. Okay, it's far it, as it, as far it, it's it's in between Tampa and Sarasota. Okay. Cool.
1: Mm. Yeah. Uh, that would be somewhere I would enjoy going to. I, you know, you would see somebody special going to one game. You know? I'm,
0: and I haven't decided that I'm going to do it. I want to read the tea leaves on it and figure out what's going on exactly. But I might go see an IMG game this year because Jimothy Lewis is. I
1: was about Dana. to say, duh. Completely forgot. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, Jimothy yeah, Lewis.
0: They, is they, yeah. There. They're on the list, but I'm not willing to do it until I hear more than just unsubstantiated rumors.
1: Yeah. Um, Well, while real quick, this may be an off topic. While we're talking about Jimothy Lewis, do you think he's kind of locked into state? No. no. Okay. All righty. I hope you're right.
0: I, I think it's a situation that as long as he is in Madison, Mississippi, he is locked into state. When he goes back to school and everything opens up and there's not the people that can protect him, at all times, I think it's going to be interesting. And Georgia and all of these major programs are knocking on the door of Jimothy Lewis. So it's not just Ole Miss you have to protect from; you have to protect from really big schools.
1: Yeah, no, I and, I, I agree with that. Yeah, and,
0: and I don't know if you know whatever happened to get the commitment. Whatever you know, he visited Ole Miss three times in nine days, and he committed to Mississippi State.
1: I kind that, of heard through the grapevine, maybe not something we can discuss on the show, but that Ole Miss kind of rubbed him the wrong way on a few things. Is that true? False? You heard anything? I have I have heard, okay. heard that. All right. Yeah. Anyway, it, uh, it's
0: absolutely something could absolutely be positive. I, I think that um, you know, in that in that vein, a little bit, I think Ole Miss has created a little bit of a CJ Johnson, a reverse CJ Johnson, and JJ Harrell. That
1: that would be cool.
0: Uh, and, and it's just a situation to where I don't think he would, even if he could go to Ole Miss and wanted to go to Ole Miss, he's not coming to Ole Miss now.
1: Yeah. Well, I was going to say that would be cool to end up, you know, well, I guess you called it a reverse. Anyway. Yeah. yeah, Yeah. I got you now. Uh, well, I was going to say that would be cool for him to end up at the flip. And then you sit there, our class would really kind of come down to the finish line. I mean, we would have a lot of moving pieces the last few months of signing day, I would think, but um, yeah, very, very optimistic, I guess. But yeah, uh, a lot of moving pieces.
0: One, one player that I really enjoyed breaking down was San Francisco McGee.
1: Yeah. It, so I, I read, I listened to your breakdown on that. Yeah. He sounds like somebody who'll be really uh, come in and I think it may take him a while. And mm-hmm. I think, but I think somebody could really be a valuable player towards the end of his collegiate career for sure.
0: Yeah, somebody state the,
1: really wanted, I think.
0: Yeah, is somebody? Um, he's bigger than Vince was. He kind of reminds me a little bit of Vince Sanders.
1: Hey, great collegiate mm-hmm. career.
0: Mm-hmm. He's a super athletic guy, and his athleticism and size that is really going to help him out um, in, in the offense.
1: Well, good. Yeah. I, I, I think that would be great. Yeah. He's a good addition.
0: All right. All right. Thanks for making the Locked On Ole Miss podcast your first listen every day. We're free and available wherever you get your podcast, including YouTube. We're part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team, Ole Miss, every single day. Pratt, thank you so much for stopping by, man. And we'll, we'll do it again next week.
1: Sounds good, man. See ya. All right. All right. Bye. Bye.